Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. We're still in John chapter 20. We're doing, we're doing the resurrection of Jesus. And so let's pray before we read and then we'll get into it. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the work that you do in our hearts uh, when we come into a relationship with you. We thank you for the changes that are made. And Lord, you said those changes happen because it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that's at work in us. You made that clear in Romans chapter eight, that the, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the spirit that is at work in each and every one of us, Lord. We owe so much to you, Lord Jesus, for going to the cross. And Lord, we're so thankful that you had an extra chapter in your biography. We thank you that as we're going through and reading this, it's just all about victory, Lord. It's all about victory over the grave. It's all about victory over sin. It's all about victory over Satan. And it's all about victory, the, the victory that we can have in our lives too. And so, Lord, we pray that as we're going through and talking about some of the things that have to do with the resurrection and the, and the three days that you were in the grave, Father, we just pray that you would be speaking to our hearts and that you'd use your word. And we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so John chapter 20, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple, and that's talking about John, outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who came to the tomb first, went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father 
But go to my brethren and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Last week when we were going through this, one of the things that I, that I did with you guys is I just went through and did a reconciliation of the, of the resurrection stories. And so when you go through the, the end of the gospels, there's all these stories that actually all go together and they give you a pretty full picture of what took place at the resurrection, resurrection of Christ. And especially with the women and with Peter and John coming to the tomb and what happened with the guards. You'll remember that in Matthew's gospel, it says that there was an angel that came and rolled the stone away from the tomb and sat on it. And he began to shine, he began to shine brightly. I think it says brighter than the sun. I can't remember if it says that though. But he began to shine brightly and it was that angel that all the guards, the Roman guards saw, and the Bible says they fell over like they were dead. And so they, were, they went unconscious when they saw this angel. That's how frightened they were. That's one of the things I keep in mind when I think about angels. Just about every time that somebody sees an angel, they're all flipped out. And, and sometimes they're on their face, just in fright. And even with an appearance of Jesus, with John the Apostle in the book of Revelation, same kind of thing. And so there's glory surrounding these angels. They're radically powerful. And that angel especially, he was threatening the Romans on purpose. And so they all fall over in a dead faint. Well, that angel didn't stay sitting on the rock. What happened at that, after that point is those guards get up and they leave and the reason that we know that they leave is because when the women get to the tomb, there are no guards there. And they're wondering about who's going to roll away the stone and they get there and the stone's rolled away. And they don't see an angel sitting on the stone. What happens is they go and look inside the tomb and that's when they see an angel, an angel. Um, when you get to other gospels, it talks about two angels and I'm not gonna go back through the whole thing. But basically, when you're, when you're going through those stories, you can reconcile those stories by just going through and, and, and putting yourself in the position. One of the, one of the things that the Bible teaches specifically is that Mary was the first one to see Jesus. And so in John's gospel, it lets you know that when Mary got to the tomb, she didn't go inside immediately. And so she wasn't with the other women. When she got to the tomb and she saw the stone rolled away, she just assumed that somebody had come and stolen the body of Jesus. And she ran to Peter and John uh, to let them know what was going on. And um, so at that point, Mary is not with the women. The women, meanwhile, stay there. They go inside the tomb and they have these conversations with the angels. And the angels tell them, why are you looking for the, the living among the dead? Look here, he's risen that whole thing. And uh, again, we see that by uh, some of the stuff that happens in this passage. So women go inside the tomb, the angels speak to them, and then Mary has already run back to Peter and John. God, Peter and John, they come running back. By the time they get there, the women are gone. Okay, and so now Peter and John go to the tomb and John looks inside and he's believing. And Peter looks inside and he's like, doesn't know what to do with this whole thing. And he walks inside and it says that he examines the grave clothes at that point. And he finds a handkerchief sitting off by itself. This has to do with 
Jewish burials. And so they had a face cloth, for example, that they would put over your face. That's probably what's being spoken about with that napkin. And then the rest of the grave clothes would be, they, w- they would wrap them up usually in linen. And so they'd, be, they'd wrap them up like a mummy. And so if you remember when we were talking about Lazarus, when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus comes walking out, walking out of the tomb, but he's all wrapped up in grave clothes and Jesus tells them to take the grave clothes off him. And what he's telling them to do is unwrap them. Well, in the Greek and in, in the passages that deal with the resurrection and especially this one right here, the wrappings aren't taken out. They're, they're not taken apart. They're all just sitting there. And what I mean by that is that what's left there looks like a cocoon of the body of Jesus. That's how the Bible describes this in Greek. And so it's not like Jesus woke up in the resurrection and started ripping off grave clothes. What, ha- what actually happened was in the resurrection, he goes through the grave clothes. And the napkin is folded neatly because Jesus is always neat. I don't know why. But in any case, it, the napkin was separated from the rest of the grave clothes. And that's what, that's what Peter sees when he goes in and examines the grave clothes at this, at this point. It says, verse 8, Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went, again, uh, went away again to their own homes." And so Peter, when he is looking at this whole thing, it kind of leaves Peter in a situation where he doesn't know what to think. But John, when he sees what's taken place, he realizes that something miraculous has happened and he believes at this point. He's probably remembering the things that Jesus had said about the resurrection. Now, one of the things that, that you've got to remember about what's going on with these guys is that they, the women and the disciples, never expected this. And for us, when we go through the Gospels, we see how many times Jesus talked about the fact that he was going to die on the cross, and then three days later, he was going to rise from the dead. And you see that over and over, and these guys just aren't getting it. At at one point, Peter decides that he's going to encourage Jesus and tells him, no, Lord, you're not going to die. And Jesus, at that point, rebukes Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. And he talks about the fact that he cared about the things of the world, not, not the things of God, or the things of the flesh, and not the things of God. In any case, they didn't get this. And so these guys are all sitting around despondent for the last three days, and then the resurrection comes on them basically like a train and hits these guys. And they're just all blown away by the things that are taking place. And so Mary, when she's showing up here, all she wants to do is take care of the last thing that she can do for Jesus. And when she gets there, what she sees is a stone rolled away, and she doesn't know that the tomb is empty, but it is. She was right. The tomb is empty, but not for the reason that she thinks it is. And, you know, there's a a reason for that. Mary when she's talking to Jesus in verse 13, she says, because they have taken away my Lord. That's what she considered Jesus to be, her Lord. Somebody that she had committed her life to, somebody that she was going to follow, somebody that she loved. She was one of the women that supplied finances for the ministry of Jesus. The Bible specifically talks about that with her. She, Mary is the one who had seven demons and Jesus cast those demons out of her. 
And so she owes Jesus. She'd, she'd known the depths of darkness, darkness that we couldn't even really understand unless we'd gone through the same things that Mary had gone through. But she, she knows what it is to be oppressed. She knows what it is to be in absolute darkness. She knows what it is to be without hope. And the one that had given her hope is now dead. And all she wants to do is do the last thing that she can do for him and finish off the, the burial rites that the Jews would, would take care of. And when the disciples get there, she doesn't go into the tomb. She stands outside while John and Peter go into the tomb. She stands outside waiting and she's just despondent. And if you look in verse 11, it says, but Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping and she wept. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Literally means that you know, she's looking down. And that is one of the things that happens a lot of times when people are despondent. In all the instances that we see of the resurrection of Christ to, to each one of these people, on one level or another, they feel like Jesus has let them down. And so, for example, when you're talking about the two guys on the road to Emmaus, we had thought that he was the Christ and that they were hoping that he was going to be the one who was going to fulfill all the promises in the Old Testament. And they left because they felt that that hope had been disappointed or taken away from them. And literally, you guys, they left after the women came back and said that they saw Jesus. And so these guys are over the top despondent. You know, it's like, this, this is so messed up, the, the fact that Jesus went to the cross and the Romans killed them and, or killed him and, and all of that. And so when they hear that the women have seen the Lord, you'll remember that when they were walking back, so Jesus appears to Mary first, but when the women were walking back to the place where they were staying, Jesus appeared to them also. And so he appeared to Mary first, then he appeared to the women that went to the tomb. And it's not until after that that he appeared to the disciples. And that's kind of interesting. Jesus goes, ladies, ladies first. I think there's some reasons for that because who, who were the ones that were around the, the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified? And it was the women. And so you have all the disciples, except for John, you have all the disciples running off and hiding when Jesus is being killed and yet the women are staying there faithfully and doing what they, doing what they can, praying and, and mourning over the fact that their Lord is dying. And then they went and then, then they watched to make sure what tomb Jesus was laid in so they could come back later and take care of his needs. And so Jesus appears to the ladies first. I think that's pretty cool. In any case, these guys are so despondent that even after the women came and said, we've seen the Lord, they didn't believe him. And that's when they're off on the road to Emmaus and Jesus appears beside them. And he says, what, what is this that you're talking about as you're walking and you're sad? You could see by, by their faces what, what was taking place. And then that's when they said, we, we thought Jesus was the one. And then he goes through and gives them a Bible study. He says, you know, how, how come you're so slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said about the coming of the Messiah? And I'm paraphrasing that last part. And he goes through and he takes them through the Old Testament, shows them every passage that talks about the fact that he was going to die and then he was going to be in the grave three days and that he was going to rise again from the dead. But again, you see that despondency with, that, with, these, with these guys. And you see the same thing with Mary. She feels like the Lord's let her down, and so she's looking down. 
She's not looking up. She doesn't see who, who's talking to her because Jesus is about to address her. She doesn't, she's not looking at him at this point. All she can do is look down. Sometimes we're going through things in our life and they can be so overwhelming and so awful that you feel like you can't look up. And again, one of the, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is number one, this life isn't everything that there, that there is. The Bible says that it's gonna be short and I can testify to that. I'm 64 years old now. When I was 30, I thought it was gonna be forever for me to get this old. I didn't even know if I was gonna make it. And when I was in my 20s, I thought that anybody was, that was in their 30s was ancient, ancient. When I was 18 years old, we had a guy that I played racquetball with. I'm going to college and me and my best friend uh, take a racquetball class and this guy comes and he's 28 years old and we're just laughing at him because he's the old man. And that's what we would call him all the time, old man. 28 years old, old man. And so your perspective on your life changes over time. I couldn't believe how quickly 40 came. I couldn't believe how quickly 50 came. 50 was a big one. Well, 40 was a big one for me because I never thought I was gonna make it to 40. And Jesus came into my life and so it happened. 50 came along and I'm like, 50? Good grief, I'm half dead. 60 comes along and I'm like, I might as well be dead. You know, 64, I'm just living on borrowed time. And it's like, and I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like that. It's just like, you put 64 next to my name and that's weird to me. It's just weird. I know it's not weird to you and I hate you for that. But, you know, it's just, again, it's just weird to me. And so, you know, my grandma died when she's 74. That's, that's the finish line for me. Back in my 30s, I was like, okay, if Jesus doesn't come back, 74 is a good date because my grandma, my grandma loved the Lord and she didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't chew, didn't hang out with people who do. And, you know, it's like she, she just had a clean lifestyle and she kicked the bucket at 74. And so that's like my finish line. So, so 10 years to go. And, you know, God forbid that I, <laughs> I I'll probably, I might live longer than that. We'll see. We'll see what the Lord does. But in any case, it just flew by. And so now a lot of my friends are passing away. I've had a number of friends from high school that have passed away. And it's like, it's, it, you know, heaven's getting more real as time goes on. It's a pretty cool thing. And even, you know, even friends at church here have passed away. And it's like, I look at these guys and I'm like, God, great, they got there before me. And it's kind of awesome. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to the day. When I, when I had COVID, the doctors were like, hey, you know, they, they told me that they might have to call in hospice on me. I don't remember that conversation, but it's in my, it's in my medical records. And so they said that they talked to me about hospice. So I must've been out of it when they did that. But hospice is where you go when you're gonna croak, right? And so, you know, when I was in there and they were talking to me about this stuff, I was like, Jesus, if you wanna take me this way, I'm ready, let's go. <laughs> you can, we can do that. You know, and, and then I thought about my wife and I was like, well, you know, she can handle it. You know, she'll have a life insurance policy. She can go shopping. I'm just joking. But in any case, you know, there's, there's been some things in my life where, I, where it's like heaven gets really real. So the first thing you always need to remember is this is not the end of your life. This is not gonna last forever. We're going to go home to be with the Lord and that's life. That's where we're gonna be forever and it's gonna be nothing but good for the rest of eternity. And so every day you wake up, 
You know, you hear people say, you know, they live in Hawaii or they live in the mountains. How's it going? Oh, another day in paradise. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. But that's going to be your life. It's going to be another day in paradise. Day after day after day for eternity. You're going to be with the Lord. I think cool things are going to be happening. There's going to be all kinds of people there that you're going to be able to talk to. Going to get to talk to Moses. Going to get to talk to David. Going to get to talk to all your Bible heroes. There's going to be other people that that are there that you've never met down down through history. And um, we've got all kinds of people who lived down through the time that, that Jesus came up until this point who were just magnificent men and women. Did awesome things historical figures that are just out there, and they were believers. And so you're going to get get to talk to them. There's also some modern believers that you're going to get to talk to. Johnny Cash was a believer, for example. I heard Greg Laurie talking about him not too long ago, and he was talking about heaven and Johnny Cash. There may be Johnny Cash concerts in heaven. You know, it's like, why not? You know, you got that kind of Chris Rice and, you know, some of these, was it Chris Rice that passed away? No, it was Rich Mullins. Rich Mullins. Keith Green. Keith Green concerts, man. And I, I know I'm saying, saying words that you don't understand, but anyway, yeah. He, he was one of my favorite, my, my favorite Christian artists. In any case, we're going to be in heaven. And so this life is not what it's all about. There are going to be times when you're going to be going through hard times. It's going to look like God's let you down And part of the reason that you're thinking that is because you haven't seen the end yet. And so basically what I'm telling you is if from this point on in my life, God let me down and I had nothing but awful until the end of my life, I'm still coming out on top because for the rest of eternity, it's gonna be nothing but awesome. And I mean awesome in the classical sense of the word. Awesome in the sense that you you can't hack it because of the awe that you're going to have in the presence of God and in heaven. In his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so we always gotta keep heaven in mind. Then the other thing is, has to do with just this life. A lot of times God allows you to go through things and you have no idea what the end of those things are gonna be. You have no idea what he's, what, what's, what's going on in your life, what, he, what the plans are that he has for you, except for the promise that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. And so you can be going through hard times right now and in the not too distant future, you're going to get past these things and you're gonna see everything that the Lord did with you, everything that the Lord did in you and all the things that God's going to do with you after the fact. And you're gonna start glorifying God for those things. And that's the case with with this situation. Mary is totally despondent at this point and she's about to have the best honor that anybody on this planet has ever had. She's going to see the risen Lord and it's going to be her eyes who see him for the first time. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But at this point, she's looking down. And so she stooped down, looking down, literally is what it says in Greek. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, because they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they've laid him. Now she probably knows that they're angels after the fact. At this point, she maybe just may just be thinking that they're men. In any case, she doesn't care. 
You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.